It's finals season. Around the nation, high school and college students are buckling down for a week or two of exams. You know what that means. Cowboys. This week on the VG Thought Commune Podcast. Welcome back to the Commune Podcast. This is episode ten. Uh, this week we're still on Live a Life, but uh, we're gonna we're gonna cover two chapters because they're both pretty short. They're about cowboys and wrestlers. But but before we get into wrestlers, that, and yeah, it's about wrestlers. Wrestlers. What? Wrestlers and rustlers. Yes. Yeah. So. Shadi, how have you been doing? I've been doing pretty well, thank you. Uh, have you, what games have you been playing lately? Um, lately I've been playing the Denpa Men. They came by wave. How is that? Uh, it's a pretty simple RPG game. Oh, yeah. But but the main charm the main charm lies in uh, going around and looking for Denpa Men. Yes, it's really it's mostly. A toy about you know walking around and looking at different stuff. Pretty much. And the RPG part is just like an excuse for doing that. Yeah. Much like uh, the what's that RPG that comes with the console? Oh, Face Raiders. No, the RPG. Find Me. Oh yeah, Street Pass. Find Me. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a, an improved version of that. Oh yeah, I guess that's the comparison. Yeah. But you can't use Mies. You have to rely on uh, Wi-Fi signals. So the more concentrated areas you live uh, with Wi-Fi signals, the better off you are. That's kind of scary. Yeah. So Xana, you can always you can always use QR codes to download them and need them. Oh, really? Yeah, but they start out at a low level if you do it that way. So Zan, it sounds like you've also played Denpamen. I've played a. It's a demo. Yes, I, I kind of wanted on the demo, but I instantly downloaded and bought the actual game. Okay. Yes, yeah, so, but yeah, I've been playing a bit of it. The Denpo Men, they came by demos. <laughs> <laughs> the Denpo Men. Demo Men. <laughs> so, uh... Have you been playing anything recently, Zen? Yes. I've been playing some Luigi's Mansion 2. Oh, that's right. I saw that in your signature. You got to B1, I think. Yeah, B2, actually. Okay. Is it any good? I think so. I think it's a very fun game. I liked it a lot so far. Um... I feel like I heard from someone that there weren't any bosses. There are bosses. Okay. Yeah, there are bosses. Who lied to you? It was I was talking with Nintendo Freak and he said there weren't any portrait ghosts. Maybe I took that the wrong way. There oh. are no portrait ghosts, but Whoa. there are bosses. Yeah, the other kinds, other kinds of bosses, like the first level bosses, are giant spider. I see. Yeah. Exist by a ghost. Was it was it a spider Pete? 
Jadi tahu. I uh and I really want to play Luigi's Mansion again now that that came out, but so did my friend and I lent it to him before realizing my own desire. Oh. Why don't you just get Luigi's Mansion 2? Because that's not Luigi's Mansion 1. No, Luigi's Mansion T-O-O. <laughs> <laughs> Luigi's Mansion Tui. <laughs> Instead of a vacuum cleaner, he has a bird on his back? <laughs> what? Uh, well, I mean, E. Gad talks like one of those Banjo-Kazooie characters anyway, so, uh... That's, that's true. Yeah. He kind of looks like Bottles. He has his glasses. <laughs> All we need is Luigi that goes, yuck, 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 yuck. No, it, it'd be more like, uh, ah, oh, oh, ah, oh, Mario. <laughs> <laughs> Mario fan, you been playing anything? Oh, uh, yeah, I've been trying to, um, I've been trying to see if I can uh, finish all the puzzles in Pushmo lately. I, I'll be honest, I never got around to Pushmo, but I've only heard good things. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was, it, I was mostly inspired because uh, I got Crashmo when it was on sale, and I thought, thought to myself, you know, well, you know what, I didn't actually finish the last few puzzles in Pushmo. I might as well uh, do that, because I only had a few left to go. You're going to push I, yourself to finish it? I beat the main set of puzzles. Huh? You're going to push yourself to finish it? it yes, exactly. This this joke's only funny in America, though. Pushmo <laughs> <laughs> is that? I think that's pole blocks in Nura. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought it was really funny because uh, um, the American name is Pushmo, the European name is pole blocks, the Japanese name is called push and pull. It's like they couldn't decide. <laughs> I, I'm not yeah. entirely sure what the Japan name for the sequel is, because I know we have Crashmo, Europe has Fall Blocks, yes. but the Japan name could be like a Crash and Fall for all I know. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't those kind of the same thing? Crash and Fall. It sounds like the European series is uh, an extension of um, Boom Blocks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's a game people like. Well, I, I actually have it, though. My brother has it. Is it, is well, it as good as they said? It's it's okay. It's not not bad, but not great. It's it's okay. Okay. Can I uh can I insert another clip about European naming schemes? Uh oh. Okay. okay. So uh, DSiWare, right? All right. Yes. So they put um the WarioWare game Pioro on DSiWare. Yes. And uh, in America, they called it uh, Bird and Beans. In Europe, it was just Pioro. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then later, there there's another DSiWare game, and they called it Spotto in America and Bird and Bombs in Europe. <laughs> so there's, there's no consistency there. They called it Bird and Beans? Isn't that kind of, like, launchy? What? <laughs> what? You know, like the bird and the bees? Oh, it sounds beans. like bees. I know, but it sounds kind of like bird, the, the birds and the bees. It sounds like I always thought it was fun. weird that, that they called it that anyway, because it's not like, you know, it, I mean, we called it Pioro on the GBA, so I don't know, whatever. Well, that's what it's called in Japan, uh, bird and beans. So I guess it's a coincidence. Oh. Oh, okay. 
that was that was my uh, that was my thing. Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> I've been replaying Live Alive a whole lot, but aside from that, um, I've been spending time with Need for Speed Most Wanted. Came out on the Wii U. That was nice. I'm got like I really making me want a Wii U steering wheel because like the joystick doesn't give me the fine mo movement that I want and the motion control does but there's also no feedback so like I could twist it 360 degrees and the gamepad's not going you know there's no way to know how far how far I need to move the controller to steer all the way you know what I mean yeah but you can't use the Wii wheel well, I mean, the, the Wii wheel would actually... Do the same, I guess. I don't know. Are you saying there should be a plastic shelf with a gamepad? It would be nice if there was a stand for the gamepad, and it, like, you could... Well, there is a stand for the gamepad. And, well, that you could, like, twist. Turn. And, oh. um, and it would stop you if you had twisted it, you know, 90 degrees okay. this way. So you want like one of those large stands that have a steering wheel for the uh, gamepad? Yeah. Hmm. It, it Are you listening like to I'd spend that money on it. But um, the game in general is just... I've never really understood car games, and part of it is the whole sim aspect. But I'm like a, very slowly getting acclimated to Need for Speed. Hmm. Do you mean like uh, all car games, or, or just like more realism car games, instead of like Mario Kart or something? Well, Mario Kart I can do to an extent. Like, Mario Kart 64 is pretty easy, so I can do it. If you say so. But, uh, like, um, Sega GT 2002, uh, I own that because it came with Jet Set Radio Future. Oh. Um, and I can't get anywhere in it because, uh, your cars degrade as you use them, and, like, if you hit stuff. So, instead of spending money on upgrades, I'm spending money repairing my car and I can't stay above water. <laughs> and, like, I lose the game and get into an unwinnable state before even finishing two races. Mm. That's so sad. That's my story. Most of the cowboy chapter is spent preparing for a fight with a crowd of bandits. How well you prepare is judged by how many bandits you'll have to shoot down at the end. If you do well enough, you'll only have to deal with one. Is it starting to sound like school yet? So one of the chapters we played this week was, uh, was cowboy. And the idea is that, like, you run around town, you look for a lot of, like, it's basically home alone. You ransack the town for different things that you can build into traps. But unlike home alone, you then, like, you give all the traps to the townspeople and they set it up for you. Um, so everybody in the town pitches in to set up traps, uh, to catch these murderers that are about to enter town. And they kill this guy's dad and it's actually pretty sad. Actually, kind of a similar scene happens in Ninja. Anyway, um, Oh, those are called, um, well, I don't want to spoil it, but there are certain, I guess there are certain types of scenes where that occurs in all the chapters. Oh, really? Yeah, like where, um, uh, the kid's father dies and he makes that face and he runs off. 
So that happens in um, Caveman. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Happens in every single chapter to some uh, to one extent or another. That's sad. <laughs> it's supposed to be played for laughs, though. It is. Yes. Yes. What? What? <laughs> what? The kid's the kid's face is hilarious. What face? The kid the, the face that the kid makes when his father dies. I yeah. I don't think I paid attention to that. <laughs> you don't find crying children hilarious? <laughs> no. Not in the context of <laughs> dead parents. Anyway. Uh. Well, this took a dark turn. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if I can do this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, what have I done? Anyway, so the point of cowboy is uh you're supposed to defend this old western town uh, from a gang of invading robbers. Um, so you pick up materials around town, you build traps with them, and then you hand them off to the townspeople, and they all. Uh, set them up themselves around town, uh, and they all work at different paces and etc. And it's also that if you set up more traps, you'll face fewer people in the final skirmish. My first time through, I didn't figure out how to set up traps, so I had I faced like fifteen robbers all in the same battle. How'd you do? It's pretty easy actually. Oh, <laughs> it, <laughs> there really is no penalty for not setting up traps. Yeah. Anyway, so I was thinking you get experience, more experience in that battle as well. I don't know, actually. I didn't. Uh, I didn't check. But basically, the idea is that it's all building up to that one skirmish with the robbers. So you're setting up traps so that that one battle is easier. And that kind of reminded me of a concept that runs through video games. I especially associated with Mega Man, but it happens a lot of times where. Uh, the final chapter of a game is often set up as a final exam, like something that revisits the game's ideas and makes sure you understand them. So that basically, all of your gameplay throughout the entire game is preparing you for that one final exam. So, I wanted to ask, like, in Cowboy, are we in agreement that, like, everything you do in Cowboy is just building up to that one skirmish with all of the... With all the invading robbers, Mario fan? Gosh, uh, well, it's hard to say because, like, you, you do, like, one fight and then you're doing some exploring. And then the final exam's a fight. So, I don't know, most of the chapter you're, you're exploring and, and trying to, you know, find traps and stuff. So, no, I don't, I don't, I don't think, uh, there's too much relation there. Cause you don't really have time to, to do anything with, uh, Sundown's moveset. Actually, that's a good point where being successful in exploration and being successful in combat are two different things. I guess more what I meant to get at was that, like, you're graded on your exploration via the combat. Does that make sense? Yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, which is still, I think, kind of the idea of a final exam. Okay, yeah, I guess in that context, yeah, it, it definitely makes sense, yeah. Okay. Zan. How successful were you in setting up traps? Like, did, did you get yeah. a lot set up? Or? I did pretty good, I think. I set up all except one of them. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> wow. Wow. 
<laughs> so did you pay attention to like he said, "Oh, I'm slow. Oh, I'm fast." Uh, so someone said, like, "Yeah, I'm faster than this guy," or "I walk better than him," or <laughs> things like that. Yeah. So, like, did you try to give them harder tasks when they said they were better? Yeah. Well, I tried to give stuff to them before the others, so they will. Would finish faster, so uh, yeah. Oh, like and a more more chance on getting all the tribes there in time. So if they work faster, do they come back and say, "Hey, can I set up another trap?" No, I no. Yeah, they do actually. They can all set up. Oh, okay. Yeah, if they come back quick enough, you can uh, assign them to another task. Oh, okay. Shouty, like a uh, good. Did you enjoy setting up the traps? Not uh, much. Well, I guess I enjoyed exploring the traps more than anything else. The setting up the traps, it was just telling people what to do. And, uh, there are also some, like, uh, hidden exclusive traps, like, certain people can only, uh, set up certain traps, um... Oh, really? If you talk to, if you talk to the boy, oh, while yeah. uh, you're looking for traps, you can get a slingshot. And the boy can use the slingshot. Another is uh the frying pan, which you get from one of the hotels. Oh. And um, if you give that to uh, the lady, uh, she'll use it as a trap. This is a very progressive game. Um, <laughs> actually, I tried giving the uh the pornography to one of the ladies because I wanted to see them react to it, but they were just like, "Okay, cool." I'll set well, this I up. Mean, <laughs> that's why I give the pornography to the guy who owned it. <laughs> no matter what you give him, he says, like, oh, this feels awful, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think he wanted to be there. Well, it, who did, really? Yeah, it was a terrible time. Oh, I don't know. I think Billy wanted to be there. I think he was pretty pumped. Billy. Billy's not right. <laughs> <laughs> Billy's naive. <laughs> I don't think he was properly educated. He didn't even had education in that town. I didn't see a schoolhouse. No. A bunch of hotels and barns. Uh, you know, I, I regret that. I looked up a list of uh, traps later to see if uh, there's anything I missed. Because like, the shovel and the frying pan are sort of not in any treasure chest. You know? I found that there's a there's a horse dung trap. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh whoa, really? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's it's a shame I missed uh what that would be. I think it's just uh used to fill up one of the holes that you dig with a shovel. Really? Yeah. I thought the shovel itself was a trap. I didn't think yeah, they wait, went together. Yeah. No, they don't go together. Um. So, Set up the hole and then set up the ladder. It just has, it just, um, has more likelihood of chopping more, uh, chopping more outlaws. Oh, the dung attracts the outlaws. No, it, it traps more of them. Like, <laughs> one, one, I don't know, I like the golem said before. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But yeah, it's just, you can use the hole for more than one outlaw. Sam, did did you get the sense that like uh, the cowboy was all about building up to that final exam sort of moment? 
and kind of since first you had to collect things enough things to set up the traps then you had to get off the traps fast enough and then how many traps set off depending on how the panel type would be so yeah i could say that and it seems like another chapter where like the the combat is just sort of there and it's not really the important part it could uh as Fox said, it could have been made in RPG Maker. Yeah. Could the battle system have been made in RPG Maker? Oh, actually, nowadays, probably. Oh. Shouty, just to, like, move beyond Live Alive, to what extent do you get the sense that any game is just about its final exam? That's a really good question, because I feel like whenever I'm playing a game, especially when I'm screwing up with the basic stuff, like, Oh man, how am I going to beat the boss if I'm screwing up with all this basic stuff? So I feel like, at, at least in my uh, in my perspective, that I try to think of every final uh, level as as just uh, an acclimation of all the skills that I'm learning from the beginning. So that really that like fits into your mental framework of video game playing. Yeah, um, I'm not sure if that's kind of rigid or not though. Actually, to that point, do you think that gameplay can be relevant to a game without being relevant to its final exam? To its game without being... Hmm. I guess if it was done conceptually, like within the storyline, it could. Especially if it emphasizes more on the storyline than its uh, game mechanics. That's... Like, even if like even if you have uh, two bosses, uh, or like you have like one mid-boss and a final... and an end boss... They both like look similar in just like how they look, not in how they play. So one might require one game mechanic, and the other might require a bunch of others, even though they look uh, really similar in terms of just design. I don't think I follow. Like just just the uh, two bosses, one mid boss and an end boss. Yeah, and the mid boss. They just look similar in terms of aesthetic and appearance. But the mid boss, so the, the mid boss requires, requires different more. gameplay mechanics, but is still relevant. Yeah, just because it looks similar. Okay, I guess one example that comes to my mind immediately is in uh, in Spec Ops: The Line. Uh, it's, this is going to be spoilers for Spec Ops, but I don't think anyone really uh -oh. cares about that game, right? Well, I, I, I might. Actually, oh, really? I kind of, I, I, I got that game for for free, so. I was kind of looking forward to, to playing through it. Yeah, you should play through it. I, I, I will back ops? off then. Which spec ops? The line? newest one. Oh. It's a, mm. that, that's, that's a game with a very compelling story. Oh. Uh, Wario fan, do you think it's possible for gameplay to be relevant without being relevant to its final exam? Like a gameplay that has nothing to do with, with the end game, right? Yeah. Um... You know, the the first thing that comes to mind, um, I don't know if you'll agree with me on this, was it the first Sly game? I can't remember what else it had, but but I remember the, the little hacking scene you had to do. Yeah, exactly. And there were also, like, um, there were little vehicles you could ride on that shot stuff. Yeah, yeah. There was, like, one stage where you had to keep stuff, like, candles lit or something weird like that. Yeah. That was not at all relevant to the Space Harrier final boss. Yeah, it was it was nutty. I I found it 
kind of annoying in that game, honestly. I was always frustrated whenever it did strike from the base gameplay. Oh, really? But, I remember liking the Bentley bit. Okay. I'll, I, I did like Robotron 2084. <laughs> uh, so, Sam, are there... Oh, wait a minute. Actually, so Wario fan, that didn't, like... That is an instance where there was gameplay that wasn't relevant to the final exam. Um, right. But were the Bentley bits relevant to the game? Um, I believe they were. I mean, it wasn't like it was an, an offshoot mini game, right? It, you you had to do it because uh, they they couldn't get any farther without him doing what he had to do there. So it's it's relevant just by means of you had to do it. Yeah, like like it's not like Bentley said, "Hey guys, let's do chocobo racing. It's the only way we can keep clockwork." <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so it was justified by the story? Uh, yeah, I'd say so, yeah. Okay, and because the story stayed relevant within itself, like if he had literally said, let's do Chocobo Racing, that would not have been relevant to the story because it didn't have anything else to do with, you know, the themes or tropes that the story engaged in. Right, right, exactly. Like if he said, you know what, you know, you guys go fight Clockwork, I'm just going to hack into a computer for the hell of it. That probably would not have worked. <laughs> I, was, I may have enjoyed that more. <laughs> so, Zanrio, uh, I guess both Wario Fan and Shouty sort of agree that so long as a, a game's story is able to justify gameplay... But just uh, overall presentation... Yeah, or or just presentation. Um, that gameplay is relevant to the game. Uh, do you think you'd agree? Yeah, I think so. But mm. when I um read the question about every moment of the game is studying for the final exam, what comes to mind for me is more if the choices make in the game at every part has an effect that how the end will be. So it matters everything you do and the way you do it, and... Uh, that just makes me think it's impossible to have irrelevant gameplay. If the game forces you to succeed at something to move on, then it's relevant. Is that the... Like, is that basically what you said? Well, no, more like, depending on how you do in, say, each level and or stage, that will affect how the ending would be. It could be a Good ending, bad ending, or easier or harder to beat, or... That's true for some games. Actually, I, yeah, I do like that concept. But what about games like WarioWare, uh, where, you know, performance in any individual minigame isn't relevant to anything else, really? Yeah, so that, would, so that would not be an example. Well, wait, what are you getting at there? I was trying to think of an example that did not fall under... Uh, but Zanrio meant as relevant gameplay, just to define the bound, the bounds of her concept. Oh, okay. I think, yeah, I've never really felt great about presentation as justification. I do feel more comfortable with uh, what Zanrio said. That, like, I guess one example that I've experienced recently was Super Mario 3D Land. So in the Mario Galaxy series. There are power-ups, but they don't carry over between levels, and uh, yeah. levels are pretty specifically built around Cloud Mario or Blue Mario, something like that. But in 3D Land, 
there might be a level with no fire flower, but there are a lot of enemies that are really easy to kill with fire flower. So it's up your you are benefited by going to a, a different level, getting a fire flower, fire flower, and going back to that level. So those two levels are relevant to each other, even though they're different points in the game. Does that make any sense? Yeah, a little yeah. bit. Yes. A little yeah. bit. <laughs> yeah. And it doesn't always have to be like so, um, so literal a tie or like, uh, we mentioned Sly Cooper and like, levels can be relevant just by like, in one level I learned how to avoid this arrangement of spotlights. So in the next level when I see something similar, I can remember what I learned. That's how I think of relevance in games. Yeah, I think, uh, did anyone else have anything else to say on relevance and final exam? Well, um, on the topic of uh, final exams, I think uh, the, one of the game series with like the most literal example of this trope would be uh, Rhythm Heaven. Oh yeah, where where you know every game you play will literally be part of the final final level. Yeah, <laughs> is it frustrating to? Um... To complete a level, only to know you'll have to do it again. Well, I mean, some games are repeated, some aren't. But uh, the the harder ones shake things up, really. No, I mean, it it, it really depends. It, it it it's it's case by case for me, at least. One remix could be easier than another, so it just it depends. Zenria, you are familiar with Rhythm Heaven, right? Yeah, on all Rhythm Heaven. <laughs> uh, yes. Did you have any thoughts on the final exam today? Yeah, well, it's yeah, it's true what Warren said. In the fun level, you have to use a remix with all the games in the game, so you can have to do what you did in all those games. Okay. And be good at all those games, or at least good at that certain part of the game. <laughs> Uh, sometimes I really suck at the one of the games, but when it's just part with my remix, I can do it pretty well. So, yeah. And Shouty, I don't. Are you familiar with Rhythm Heaven? Yeah. Oh. I am. Did you have any thoughts on on the uh, final exam? Um. Yeah, just uh, pretty much literally uh, an automation of the other. Uh, mini games you've done. But I don't think that. But like, are we saying that's a criticism of it? No, no I, observing I thought... the phenomenon. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. I guess from there the question would be: the mini games are relevant to the final exam, sure, but uh, are they relevant to each other, or is the final exam just sort of uh, a? Collection? I think each mini game is like. Like introduce a certain rhythm gimmick, like um, one of them is called lockstep, and uh, in it you have to find uh the in between beat uh to switch. So it's like uh, a double beat within. It's like I have to find the half beat within the beat and make sure you flow seamlessly when uh, the little guys are dancing to that uh, other that other beat. And is that something any of the other mini games use? No. They don't use that, but they introduce their own gimmicks, is what I'm saying. I see, so they're all relevant under that umbrella of 
they're all uh, rhythm games. Yeah, pretty much. Okay, so it's like a, uh, yeah, okay. Wario Fan mentioned that the heart of the Cowboy chapter doesn't match its final exam. That is to say, finding traps and setting them up is nothing at all like fighting off bandits. However, we see this in games all the time. Just think about Zelda. If you find more heart pieces, you'll have an easier time beating bosses. But finding heart pieces has nothing at all to do with getting better at fighting off enemies. This is something we value, right? This gives you the ability to approach a game in multiple ways and still find success. Zanrio also brought up an interesting point. If I'm understanding her correctly, she was saying that something you do in a game is relevant to the game so long as it influences the end game. That could mean something like choosing your class at the beginning of an RPG, or finding an upgrade that gives you a certain ability. These are examples of relevant game elements that change the game itself. The state of the game is changed because of your class or because of the upgrade you found. If I use that upgrade in the endgame, then I've done something relevant. However, Zanrio's concept, as I understand it of course, could also apply to player growth. For instance, in Mega Man, I could observe that the Metals only come out of hiding when you get close to them. Then, if there's a Metal in the endgame, my experience is now relevant to the endgame. The state of the game hasn't changed, that Metal's always going to be there. But I myself have changed because I know the behavior of an element present in the endgame. If I hadn't studied the first metal, I wouldn't know its behavior, and I'd have to learn that in the endgame. You could even draw this out further to compare games to art, or how we even lead our lives. This concept really just speaks to how humans like there to be a final reason for everything. Up next, we've got the wrestling chapter. This chapter is a sequence of fights. You get to choose from a roster of six other fighters and take them on one by one. If they hit you with a special move, you learn it then and there. So this could lead to some interesting interpretations of the combat system, right? The wrestler chapter in Level Live has kind of an interesting gimmick where it's all fights. There's no exploration, but uh, in each fight, uh, each wrestler has two special moves and if you coax them into using the special move on you, you learn it. Uh, so you can learn special moves like Frankensteiner and uh, <laughs> arm lock. I guess just to start, like, did you learn every move and did you uh, have difficulty figuring out how to learn moves or surviving while learning moves? Uh, Wario fan? Yeah, um, I, I managed to learn all the all the base moves there. I know it's tricky for me to, to coax the, uh, the the Japanese guy and uh, and the other guy with the skull mask to do all their moves on me. Yeah, they're both Japanese, so I was about to ask. The the old yeah, I want to call the old Japanese guy Master Asia, but this guy with the skull mask is called Great Asia, so it's it's very <laughs> hard for me. Oh no. And it doesn't help that the the skull mask guy he likes to poison you, so he just he just loves doing that. So it was very hard for me to to get both his moves. Battle cry cures poison. What? Yeah, battle cry. Oh yeah. Battle. Yeah, battle cry is useful like that, but you know, when you're when you're just sitting there, you you gotta you know keep running to it, make sure you're not in range of his dangerous stuff. You know, it's it's kind of tricky. Yeah. There managing like that. I, I, that was, it was also tricky. This is a, 
um, Max Markin, too. He, he liked to pummel me there. Yeah. It's easy to get in a holding pattern by enemies. Yeah. Actually, with Max Morgan, to avoid his holding pattern, I found it was useful to uh, use the... There's some move where you can throw away opponents, and it get, puts like a space of square, or a square space between you and your opponent. Uh-huh. So Max yeah. would always waste his turn moving closer to me, and I would just throw him farther away. <laughs> Isn't that like jump kick or something? Ogre kick? Oh, you're, yeah, it was like whole ogre hole or something. Yeah, it was ogre something. Ogre grape, I think? Yeah. Ogre battle. March of the Black Queen. No, it was <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure he didn't start throwing SNES carts everywhere? No, he's throwing Queen 2 everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so, Shouty, uh, did you go out of your way to learn every move? Yeah. Did you have a hard time doing so? Yeah, but then I realized that you can coax certain moves by using like either the kick move or the punch move. Oh, what? Yeah, if you use certain moves, they'll respond. That they'll counter with uh, uh, the move that's that gets coordinated with using either punching or kicking. I was never able to get the uh, the kick move for the zombie guy, so maybe I should have tried that. Yeah, the, the zombie guys, but the uh, the zombie guys stubborn either way. He loves biting. Yeah, he's a biter. Yeah. Suzanne, did you get every move? Yeah. Did you have any particular difficult moments? Yeah. Well, in the battle, but I the what what was name again? Uh, Molly Best the old Asian. Uh, uh, at first he just evaded all my attacks, it was just like misses all missed all the time and I was possible to damage him. I um, that was kinda of annoying. I really can't remember how I beat him, but I remember thinking he was easy. But then I had a lot of trouble with um uh, like the guy who was pretty and um Max Morgan. Shouty, I was wondering, like, you get this huge move list. Uh, is there a use for every one of them? Um, I didn't really... I don't feel like I had time to experiment with each move, actually. But I think, um, it's kind of like Mega Man. And if you use one, uh, moveset on another wrestler, uh, you'll find it easier to defeat them. Really? So you think, like, there are particular moves that you think are really effective against one wrestler? Yeah. So I think each wrestler has their own weakness. I'll be honest, I didn't really get that sense because Suda or Suda lowers the stats on every one of the wrestlers, so I would always use that. And the Hawaiian punch kicks everybody away so that that just is like a general use thing. Oh. I would always use Abishigiri. Which uh get that from uh, the old uh, Japanese guy. Uh, I think it's just an attack that oh. you can do from uh, far away. And it does a lot of damage. Oh, is that the one where... Yeah, you get the eight points and it's like a clock around you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That, yeah. I liked range. With the added mm. benefit of sometimes canceling the opponent's move. 
Oh, yeah, really? They do. Yeah, sometimes it'll flip them around. Nine times out of ten. Oh, that. yeah, that might have been the move I was talking about, actually. So that's, um, even though opponents can get you stunlocked into certain patterns, you can do the same by uh, flipping them around. Yeah. Yes. It's nice how turning around doesn't cost you a turn. Yeah. <laughs> so, Zan, did you find a use for all of the moves? Well, not all of them. Yeah. I also like the, the a basic Gary move. So I, I found out I like that. So, it, so I used that a lot. Okay. Yes. So you called sort of a a few favorite moves and sort of relied on them the whole way through? Yeah. Oh, Wario fan, did you uh, find a use for every move? Um, no, not really. Well, I mean, I, I, I basically, you know, did what everybody else did and found a good move and spammed it. But uh, I could see how other moves could be useful. Like, um, the military guy's moves would, would uh, paralyze you or your moves. I thought that would have come in handy, but, you know, I like beating up the people, so. Actually, I did, I beat Guile first. And uh, there were a few times where that was annoying because I would automatically counter the enemy and then it would put the status effect of no fist or no foot on them. Uh-huh. So then they wouldn't use their hand move, but I still needed to learn it. Oh. Oh, I guess, uh, yeah, that would, it would be pretty bad, wouldn't it? And luckily, though, that doesn't happen very often. I definitely also agree with the sentiment that you didn't have a lot of time to experiment with what you learned. You got one final boss. It's not like Mega Man, where you get Wily's Castle and you have four stages to play with all the stuff you got. It's this tiny battle that's easy to cheese, like a lot of the other battles in that chapter. Did we have any other thoughts on, on the wrestling chapter? I liked how it was set up. It was cool how it was set up, like uh, Street Fighter 2. Yeah, I mean, I I think I, that's that's one thing I like about this game. It's it's yeah, they always throw something different at you. Yeah, it's I like that you know, too. It's actually, not always a straight RPG or something, you know. I guess we picked the two good chapters to do this week. Like, not only are they both really short, but there's one where the combat was kind of irrelevant and it was all about. You know, the presentation and the overworld and exploration and stuff like that. And then with the wrestling chapter, there literally is no overworld. And it's literally just about the combat. <laughs> so they play off of each other nicely. That's, that's why we, we, we call this, uh, Western. Western. Or wrestlers. What? What? <laughs> <laughs> Don't make me arrest you. <laughs> Well, if you needed more proof that Live Alive isn't about the combat, the Cowboy and Wrestler chapters make a perfect example. The Cowboy chapter made for interesting discussion that linked us to larger concepts in gaming, while the wrestling chapter didn't lead to a whole lot. Maybe I'm missing a point somewhere along the line, but it seems like the chapter just served to highlight how single note the combat is. You find a good move, you stick with it, and you're good to go. I'd like to think the combat in Live Alive has more potential than that, but I don't think it's ever realized. So before we go to bed this week, 
I just figured uh we'd we'd hit up a quote of the week. We didn't do it last time. Um but it's important not to forget to stay relevant to the world around us. Um, <laughs> and because we were because a, a wrestler uh, had such a huge impact on us all, I thought I'd choose a quote from Hulk Hogan, who is uh, one of the giant figures in wrestling. Um, You're gonna see with a Hulk Hogan voice. Know how to do a Hulk Hogan voice? Does anyone here know how to do a Hulk Hogan voice? I, I could try. Do you have the uh, outline open? Yeah, I have it. I'm looking at it. Can you? Oh, okay. All right. Hold on. Hold on. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, my little Hulkamaniacs. Say your prayers. Take your right medicine. You will never go wrong. <laughs> Man, he's pretty mad about that. He's pretty mad on a lot of things. He's pretty furious when it comes to, uh, you know, personal health, you know. And religion. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't even care. I don't think he cares who your god is, though. That's, like, open-minded. This is a gaming podcast, Golem. <laughs> that's, well, that just means we all pray to Shigeru Miyamoto. <laughs> 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 I, I don't know. I might be converting to arenaism. <laughs> now he's the second coming of 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 video games. Yeah, I don't know where I was going with that. Pacho, be with you. <laughs> yeah, every time someone sneezes, Pacho, buddy. <laughs> Gotcha, bless you. <laughs> did we, uh, did we all take our vitamins? No. Uh, were they Flintstones vitamins? I take my vitamins when I eat. Yeah, I don't really take vitamins. I don't either. I think, I think I've looked down the Hulk in, uh, in all uh, subjects here. Yeah. But I don't recall ever going wrong. Well, I mean, you, you say your prayer, you take your vitamins, and then you will never go wrong. If you, you fail to meet the two qualities there, you're, you're kind of spirit. Yeah. Can I take my Pikmin instead? You're going to eat a Pikmin? <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't see why not. I, look, I understand their plans, you know, and that's good for for, you know, veganism, but, you know, they're, they're also kind of a little alive, you know. They're also animals. They're half plant, half animal. Yeah, that's, that's not good. They're, plus, one of them is poison. Mm, it's like it works on the poison. I'm, I think the poison only affects smaller ink creatures, like dogs. Are they named after the, the Vita Vita carrots? <laughs> Pick the carrots. <laughs> Was that the joke? Yeah. Alright. This reminds me of those. If anyone heard of those um, Pikmin cartoon things that's going to be shown on 3DS. Oh, the, yeah. The episode has like Olimar uh, blending what looks like Pikmin. <laughs> and then. Yeah, and then yeah. it pans out. 
<laughs> and he's just he's just making a shake with pick pick carrots. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. Oh no. <laughs> looking forward to Alamar reviscerating a Pikmin. Well, look, yeah. it's been a couple years since I've seen the guy. All right, you know, I'm, I'm I'll take what I can get. I just wonder what Alamar looks like in his in his leisure clothes. I don't think he has leisure clothes. I'm so he's sure just always go- in a spacesuit. He's yeah. gonna be in his kitchen with his spacesuit on. He's a workaholic. <laughs> Wait a minute, he doesn't have a spacesuit in the uh, opening to Pikmin 2, does he? No, he does. He, he's he's in the opening to Pikmin 2. He's just arriving back from the uh, first game. Oh, poor guy. The game literally starts off uh, from the last game. It's a regular Wonder Boy three. <laughs> oh. So, uh, Zan, any final words? Uh... <laughs> well, what can I... What can I say? Mm, no. Okay. <laughs> uh, Shadi, any final words? Is there really a, a Hulk Hogan quote that doesn't end with brother? I I pulled it from Google, mm. and uh, Google has never lied to me. Not yet. Maybe Not it's yet. abridged. What? Maybe it's an abridged quote. Why would you abridge brother out of it, though? Isn't that, like, the most defining thing? <laughs> Maybe the person reporting it was a new guy. He didn't have, have any idea what, what uh, uh, Hulk Hogan's you know, work crazy was. guy. I'm not his brother. <laughs> Where's our strange family? Can so can every Hulk Hogan quote be rewritten to take brother off the end and then put on the beginning to my dearest brother? <laughs> <laughs> I think that can be arranged. So, Mario fan, any uh, any final words? Yeah, I think I regret my uh, my name choices for both the cowboy and the wrestler sections. <gasps> what were they? Well, for cowboy, I I named my guy Clint, except there's a <laughs> character the named Clint. Clint. Kid? Yeah, the Clint kid. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and for wrestler, I went with uh. Macho, but uh, you know, I think it's all right. But I think I I should have named him like a Domo or something. Ooh, I named him Squash. So I thought that was a good name for a fighter, but also fruit themed. Yeah. <laughs> what about the uh, cowboy? Oh, Colonel, Kid Colonel. Oh, that's right. The Colonel yeah. Kid. Oh yeah, the Colonel Kid. Well, he went on to join the U.S. Army. Oh, um, um. Hi, dear everybody. I'm here all week. Um, <laughs> Sanrio, what did you name your guys? Uh, standard name. Okay. All right. I um. No shame in that. Yeah. Um, I went with Gogurt for cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> 
I was telling Mario fan earlier this week, I think that may be the best decision in my entire life. The Gogurt <laughs> kid. I crack up every time I think about it. It's a little self-serving. <laughs> Are you a Gogurt kid? No. Are you a Dan Danimals kids? <laughs> See, Danimal didn't fit. Because it's seven letters. <laughs> seven letters. It would have been Danima. Well. Danima Patrick. <laughs> um. I, I think we can consider that maybe Gogurt was named after the cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! And um, <clears throat> with the wrestler, I went with something a little more predictable. I I named him Lil Lil Mac. Oh wait, wait, is there a space for that? L I L M A C. Oh. Okay. That's a good. Name. That's like a, an homage. I guess that's okay. Is there a yeah. bike chasing scene? And in... no, there isn't. No. Oh. But it does run along with the city skyline in the background, right? Yeah. That's pretty close. Wait, what were you asking before? Before you mentioned the skyline? Oh, is there a bike chasing scene? No. Bike chasing. Like in Punch-Out. Isn't that oh, Punch -Out? oh, you meant, you were asking oh. if, if Live -Liv had bike chasing, not, uh, not Punch-Out, okay. Oh, yeah. What? How do you not know that? I've, uh, I've played Punch-Out very strongly. <laughs> I don't believe you. I, I don't buy that for a second. Uh, it's on sale. I know it's on sale. <laughs> <laughs> he knows everything is when everything is on sale. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so when something's on sale, that, that means everyone has played it. <laughs> <laughs> of course. In a perfect world. Oh no, no, no! That's not. Oh my god! I didn't even realize. No, I when Mario fan when you said I don't buy that, then oh. I said that's on sale. Not oh. Punch Out is on sale. Oh. Alright. <laughs> oh. oh gosh. I think you're trying too hard. <laughs> you, you mean you 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 didn't know you were actually advertising the sale? No. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh. Now now I have to pay you. Accidental advertising. Subliminal advertising. <laughs> Punch-Out! Featuring Mr. Dream, only on your Wii U. Buy today! <laughs> ah. So, Wario fan, you're gonna play Spec Ops The Line, right? Yeah, yeah, I, eventually. I really wanna play it. Alright, I guess that's it for this week. Uh, Arvidecki. Mm. See ya. Bye. All music in this podcast was from Live Alive. I'll leave you on this final thought. While final exams are one trope in gaming, they find a partner in the all-encompassing intro level. For instance, 
look to Metroid Prime, where you get to use some of your most awesome equipment right at the beginning, just before losing it all. Intros can sum up a piece of art in much the same way an ending can. Our special guest this week is uh, Friendly Floyd from the Mario comics, right? <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> Friendly Floyd like, from the Mario comics? I learned that comics. character, but why is he our special guest? I don't know. I I'm thought just... we were getting Arino. Arino? Arino? Cacho? He'll be here to talk about Master Quest and what he thinks of spider Feet. <laughs> did, did you say master or magical? Magical. <laughs> no, I said master quest. <laughs> the Legend of Zelda: Magical Quest, starring Mickey Mouse. Oh no! 